0: Well, Flip, congratulations are in order. We both survived the ALCS. We both survived Red Sox versus Astros. Neither one of us imploded, though it was dicey there for a little while for me. How was it for you?
1: uh it was tough i mean it it was a nice it was good series to watch from a baseball standpoint so that was the redemption of it i love baseball and i so i was getting off on the games i just enjoyed the you know the quality of the games i thought some of the games were just outstanding and but you know in terms of having a rooting interest it didn't really exist you know it's like kryptonite you know kryptonite one and kryptonite two so you know pick pick your pick your your kryptonite here but uh so uh you know but in terms of enjoying the games i enjoyed the games and uh you know, we we talked about uh, Houston uh, probably winning this thing, and they did, you know, so congratulations to they they, the Astros.
0: Coming out early, swinging early. I like that flip. In the end, it was the Astros in six. We both picked the Astros. Yes. So that's good news for us. Um, I'd say the right team won, meaning the better team. But what is it, Flip, that makes the Astros the better team? What is it that makes them so good?
1: Um, this was a rebuild year for Boston. So you know the fact that they got to the to the, the ALCS and you know and, and went deep into the ALCS is really a testament to their organization and to core and to the you know the quality of their their players, uh, you know, and they made some really great acquisitions at the deadline, which really helped them. But uh, they 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 surprised everybody in terms of Houston. They weren't a surprise. They are they are really one of the best teams in the game. They just are from top to bottom, and you know they've got holes in that lineup, but yet. You know they score more runs than anybody else. And, you know they just bludgeon you to death. They do the Astros, and um, they do. They bludgeon you, and they and they've gotten some developed some really nice pitching and made some really great signings from the from the international market that really helped them, uh, especially from Latin America. They've done very well, and um, you know they're they're as good a team as there is in the game. I mean, I, I see them. You know, I see them winning the championship. I think they're just, they're that good, and their front office is very good.
0: The Astros are good. Obviously, you're right. I got bad news for Yankees fans, though. They're going to be good for a while, Flip. There are some young guys. Let me give you some ages here. Kyle Tucker, yeah. 24. Yeah. Jordan Alvarez, 24. Yeah. Alex Bregman, 27. Luis Garcia, 24. Fran Valdez, 27. You know, I didn't even mention Carlos Correa, who's probably gone at the end of the year. Jose yeah. Altuve,
1: yeah.
0: who's probably going to start falling off a little bit.
1: These guys are going to be good. Correa's in the same age. He's about 27. He's just been playing since he was like, you know, three. So <laughs> everybody just saw oh, Correa, but, you know, but he's been playing since he was about 18 or 19. He was in the big league. So a long time already.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And you mentioned um, in a roundabout way, Garcia and Valdez, those two pitchers. I'm yeah. not ashamed to say that I didn't know much about these guys at all at the beginning of the year.
1: I, I, we mentioned it in one of our podcasts. I told you that they, they were ahead of the curve in their international signings. And I, I believe that, uh, I mean, one, I think one get one in a trade, but that, that was. Well, but the trade happened because of an international signing, they, they, they know what they're doing. They, they really are very, very well put together. They're well-schooled. They have a very good system and uh, you know, they are, uh, they're going to be good for, I, I agree with you going to be good for a very long time. We just got to get used to the asterisks and you know, how we're going to play them and, <laughs> You know, and and those series become seminal for us now. I mean, the way the Red Sox series are are really important and you circle those dates on your on your baseball calendar when the schedule comes out, do the same with the Astros uh, because they are. They are that that kind of team, and they're going to be. You're right; they're going to be here for a long time. And you look at the, you also look at the American League East where the Yankees play, you know. And you've got Toronto, you've got Tampa Bay, and you got the Red Sox, and and, and, and then if you get through that, you got Houston lurking someplace out west, ready for for bear. So you know the, the American League, the American League is loaded now. I mean, loaded in terms of depth of teams and quality of play. It's a, it's going to be challenging for anybody to go on a sustained run given the quality of the competition.
0: One of the biggest storylines flip heading into this World Series is Dusty Baker. And we'll get into the various reasons why. Uh, But before that, just big picture, why is Dusty Baker the right fit for this team? He obviously is. But how did that happen?
1: They needed a counterweight to the scandal. They needed somebody who not only could command the respect of the players and would have the players' backs, but would also, you know, would have the the confidence of the public that the, 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 the asterisks were playing the game as they should play it, play it the right way. And Dusty Baker has been in the game for so many years, both as an accomplished player and as an, also as a terrific manager. And so he's been the face, one of the faces of the game for a very, very long time. There's public trust in Dusty Baker. So it, it was a twofold, it was a victory on two fronts. One is it calmed the team down and they put someone on the team who, you know, could relate, was a player, it can, the players could relate to, and the manager could relate to as well. They could relate to one another, a calming influence that they needed to, because in the, face of the wake of the scandal, they needed that. And also with the, someone who the public would see and have confidence in that the game was being played the right way. There wasn't being a, there wasn't electronic surveillance going on. There were other forms of, of chicanery going on, and they needed someone that they could believe in. And Dusty Baker very much is that person. So not only with the public but also with the players. I mean, it's like I said, it's a, it, you win this on two fronts. That's why he was the right person.
0: And then, of course, the media right now is making him a storyline because of his age. He's 72 years old. He's taken his second team to the World Series. Of course, the first team was the 2002 Giants who lost to the Angels. Um, Again, it's all about his age, it seems like. I want to dive into that a little bit because I have a couple thoughts. One, 72 is not old. Um, And it's not like he's the one throwing pitches or he's the one swinging. A 72-year-old has the the mind capacity to be great at this am i right
1: i you mean know, i would think i mean i'm only 70 you know so and i and i look at my and i say i've got i'm well behind all those guys for sure but but i say that i knowing knowing that I, know, I still have the capacity to to work and to work at a high level to do my job the way it's supposed to be done and you know i i, I mean I, anybody who thinks that someone is you know when you hit that senior citizen thing uh, or beyond that you have outlived your usefulness I don't think I don't think that's remotely true. I think there's a lot of experience and a lot of wisdom that gets accumulated through the years. And, you know, it's a shame to have that that squandered, especially that that kind of experience that that only comes through working, you know, years in an industry, many years in an industry. And Dusty, uh, the, 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 and there's others. I mean, Tony Russo is another one. And the rumors about you know maybe Jim Leland, you know, possibly you know making some guy kind to of come back. And, and Buck Walter was always kind of around, you know, in the weeds someplace uh, with, on these managerial uh, hunts and stuff. So I mean, you've got a lot of senior people out there, you know, Bruce Bochy. So experience and age, you know, are a good thing, and they should be. You shouldn't be um, taken out of an equation because because you're older. I mean, if anything, they should underscore that experience and that wisdom and make it count for what it is.
0: To your point, 24 seasons as a manager, Dusty Baker. I'd much rather pull from that experience than a spreadsheet, personally. Dusty has managed five teams. He has the most wins of any manager to not win the World Series, 1,987. Where does that put him in terms of managers of the recent decade or so? Is he top, top shelf?
1: Oh, yeah. Dusty Baker is one of the great managers of the game. I mean, he needs a championship to sort of – he may get in the Hall of Fame regardless because his players, stats as a player were pretty good, and his stats as a manager were very good. So, I mean, he, it's not like he's failed, um, but a championship would certainly validate the, that experience. I think he needs that. Um, if he gets that, I think hes he'll get in the Hall of Fame. That's that's and He's certainly held in such high regard and esteem by all his colleagues. Everybody in the game loves Dusty. There isn't anybody I've ever met who had a bad word to say about him or didn't trust him or didn't believe in him. And that's one of the reasons he's perfect for the Astros, because there's a lot of mistrust when it comes to that franchise. And rightfully so. because They did cheat. And, you know, and, and, you know, and they got a championship and they should have paid a heavier price than they did. They didn't pay a very heavy price at all. That was wrong. There should have been a heavier price attached to what they did. That is my professional opinion for whatever that's worth. And um, I really think they should have done that and they didn't do it. So, okay, you, we let that slide. Well, you need somebody to come in and course correct this thing. Somebody that the public could look at and say, I have faith in, you have faith in Dusty Baker because that's that's what you do when you see Dusty Baker. He make you exhale and you believe and you say, okay, this is going to get done the right way. I, I can watch this game. I can watch it and I believe that there's integrity behind every pitch and every play because I believe in Dusty Baker.
0: One more question on Baker. Let's look ahead a little bit. Let's say the Astros win the World Series. Dusty Baker's contract is up. Does he retire?
1: Well, it'd be a perfect time to get out. I mean, you know, they go out, or out. You can't go get out any, at, you know, at any higher slot in baseball than with a championship. So you know, that would be a great thing. And, and, and there are people who could do that. There are other people who can't, they can't walk away from the game. You know, if anything, he might be able to turn around and say, look, I want to sort a championship that's going to be worth something. And I want to continue to manage and that's got to be worth something. So I, whatever he decides to do, he'll have options, obviously, if he, whether he says that's enough right now, maybe I want to do something else within the game, or I just want to retire and go play with the kids or the grandkids. I mean, whatever he wants to do, he will have those options and uh, be interesting to see what he does. But I, 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 I believe that, uh, you know, I believe he will be – he's a lifer in baseball. He loves the game. He will always be around the game. That's what I believe about Dusty.
0: On to the team as a whole, what do you think the Astros have to do to win the World Series?
1: Well, I, I can tell you this. They don't have to cheat. You know, they have a lot of talent. You're right. They don't. I mean, they have a lot of talent. I mean, that, that lineup is circular and damaging. Uh, and they've got enough pitching. I mean, they just showed the kind of pitching they have. And their bullpen actually surprised me. It was better than I thought it was going to be. So I, I don't – I question their bullpen. I question the Braves too in going into the, uh, the NLCS yes, that I watched the Braves bullpen pitch. And I go, you know, if they're better than I thought. They really are. So, I mean, it would be a very interesting series for sure. But uh, I, what, what Houston has to do is just be Houston. I mean, they're, they're, they're surgically good. You can't make a mistake on that team. You can't. You can't give them extra outs. You give them four or five outs. They're gonna get extra outs. They're gonna kill you. They're gonna crucify you. You can't have that. You know. You can't. You can't give them that kind of opening. they 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 they'll pounce. They take advantage of every opportunity. That, that's they know where to go. They know how to do it, and they know how to compound, co- compound a situation. And, and and that's that's a talent in and of itself. But a lot of it comes from me having a manager who's very aggressive. His core is very aggressive as a manager. He, he wants to take those extra bases. He wants to you know he wants to put pressure on you. He wants to try to steal in, in in unconventional situations or tag in unconventional situations. They're surgically good. They'll take you apart. They pounce on every opportunity. They don't make mistakes. They don't make critical mistakes. They they play fundamentally sound baseball both sides of the ball whether it's offense or defense, and, and, and they don't give you an opening.
0: Of course, we'll talk National League. Obviously, that is the Atlanta Braves. Before we do, Flip, let's set the table. I am, as always, Kevin Sullivan from the digital media department here at the YES Network. As alongside, always. I'm always Kevin Sullivan, Flip. As always. I've tried not to, but I've been called other things. I'll tell you that. I've heard. Uh, mostly from you. Mostly from me. Let me tell everybody who you are. Sports Broadcasting Hall of Famer, Mr. John J. Filippelli. Yeah, yeah. How are you, Flip?
1: I'm good. I'm really good, Kev. Thank you. I'm surviving on a little personal things we've had to overcome because of this hurricane. And this was certainly a <laughs> whole series of rough cards came out of this. But slowly but surely, we're rebuilding we're, we're and we're finding our way. And that's uh, what we need to do. And we will. So, but thank you. I'm good. We're good. Thank you. You know when people say, hey, how are you doing today? Yeah. And you really answer them? Say, yeah. What, am I, doing? what am I really do? You, know, you know, my neighbor did this. And then, you know, and then, and then, I don't know what they were doing. That barbecue went on forever. That smoke was all over here. I don't understand what the hell they were trying to do. But, yeah. I mean, sometimes you really regret asking somebody, so how are you doing? And they actually tell you. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that.
0: Yeah. It's true. So uh, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony is coming up. Am I right? When is that? Uh, Your Hall of Fame.
1: December 16th.
0: Okay. So you're working on the speech, I assume.
1: Yes. You want to hear
0: it? I just want to know how many times I'm mentioned.
1: Well, I'll tell you right here. Right here is the speech (laughs) so far. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Not even a curtain call mentioned? Not
1: yet. I mean, but I'm getting there. I mean, I've, uh, I've got this in my mind. I've got a lot of it sort of down in my mind about the where i want to go with it but um you know i don't know i, I also i'm also as you could tell i mean i like to ad lib you know a lot so i i don't know i'll see what the moment holds i'll have something certainly written and but where i go from how, how what course it takes I, I don't know i can't wait to hear what i'm gonna say <laughs> i can tell you that <laughs> you're not enough. the only one yeah it's gonna be
0: but so people are gonna be on the edge of their seat saying either i hope he mentions me or i hope he doesn't mention me.
1: Yeah, or looking at their watch, they get this, get this over with. Let's get out of here. Give them um, the hook. Let's say give them the hook. So we'll do it as it comes. But I uh, I'm excited by it, and I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, at, the, at the end of, at the end of the day, it's a lot of fun. It's a great honor, but it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun, and a lot of great people who uh, were responsible for my career and uh, helped me in so many ways will be in that room and that or you know, watching on Zoom or whatever, and and you know, to, to connect with some of them again, because I haven't seen a lot of them in a lot of years, some of them, and um it would be nice to be able to connect with some of those people again. They're great people, and they were, obviously, meant a lot to me in my life.
0: On to the National League flip. Actually, before we do, I'm looking forward to it. I will be watching on Zoom um in a tuxedo.
1: You're not going to go.
0: go? I didn't get the invite yet.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you will. Someone knocked on the door. Come in. Hi, I'm I'm, a, I'm on a conference thing. How are you? Who are you looking for? Oh, Henry's not here. <laughs> Henry's <laughs> No, but if I see him, I'll give you a message. All right, take care. Have a nice day.
0: So this goes all the way back to what Flip was saying earlier, how he's displaced from his home and yes. actually doing this curtain call podcast in public.
1: Yes. So, I'm in so you're going to
0: get things like this.
1: Yes. So last time it was a wedding. There was a wedding going on. <laughs> It was just kind of interesting, uh, fun, and, uh, you know, actually, I actually, when the, when the podcast was over, I uh, I was just sort of hanging out, and I got to know the people while we were doing the podcast, and one of them said, you want, that, that, want some coffee? I said, that'd be great, so I had coffee, a little pastry sang, hung out met the bride and groom, very nice people, very nice people, <laughs> <laughs> I just, it was just something different, you know, whatever. That doesn't
0: just... surprise me at all. Why is that?
1: Because I know you.
0: Of course, you're going to go in and say hi and meet the bride and groom. You're a wedding crasher. Uh,
1: i i have a lot of crasher. I'm I'm whatever. I uh,
0: yeah. Like, I like Vince
1: it. Vaughn. Am I? Yeah, okay. Vince Vaughn, great actor. Remember Robert Vaughn? No, you're too old, you're too young for that. Yeah, the man from Uncle. Remember that TV series? You don't remember that? No, well, I'm really dating myself. I had worse dates, I suppose. Okay.
0: <laughs> and to the National League. Yeah, sure. <laughs> congrats again are in order because you picked the braves i, I did, did
1: it i did i picked them in. i picked them at uh, seven they won Yeah. The, so
0: and i told you you were crazy yes you did it was the show what i know i had dodgers in five
1: yeah listen it's, it's 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 a crap shoot um the uh dodgers are a great team you know and and, and they they could have won you know it's uh it's uh, uh, the games, some of the games, a couple of the games were very close. I mean, you never, you don't know how it's going to go, but and uh, it's it's subjective. It's a very much subjective thing. You sit there, and you say like, well, you know, I, I like this team because this is this. Somebody likes the team or doesn't like them for different reasons, and you know, whatever. But uh, I, uh, the, you, you, you saw good baseball. Good baseball games. I didn't pay as much attention to the National League as I did the American League because I know the American League better because I see them every day because of their, our, our association with the Yankees. So, you know, when you know, when you know a team, you know, and you know all the players and you know whatever, but you know it from, from through the prism of seeing them every day, it takes on a different perspective for you, and their opponents take on a different perspective than a team you may see. Once in a while in an interleague play or every, occasionally, you know, Mets, or the Yankees run on or put a Met game on or whatever just to see, you know, what, uh, what's going on. And uh, but you can't get the same perspective because you don't have it. You don't watch it as many times or close to it as you watch the American League stuff. So you're going to be able to get a much better handle on that series of that league, our league, than you will the other league. And that's those other series.
0: It's like when the Yankees cover or when the yes network covers the Yankees versus a national broadcast, right? We know the storylines we know in and out in every player, uh, why things are happening when things are happening, as opposed to someone who parachutes in. True. I should note that this is the first time the Braves are in the World Series since 1999. And, of course, we all know what happened in 1999. Yankees swept the – yeah, 103-win Atlanta Braves got swept by the Yankees. That was their third title in four years, and that's when we first started getting spoiled, I think.
1: Well, from a Yankee perspective, from a Brave perspective, it was another frustrating – I mean, for the Braves, I mean at least they have the 95 championship – uh, to say, well, we have a world championship, or else they would go down as you know one of the great, one of great underachievers. If, if achievement means winning a World Series, and it does, then the Braves would go down as one of the great underachievers ever for just getting so close so many times and never being able to have that championship. So for them, at least they got that. Uh, you, know, you don't want to be the Buffalo Bills. You, know, you don't, you don't want to go down and you know the, the, Minnesota, the Minnesota Vikings, a team that just sort of gets to the Super Bowl as many times as they did and weren't able to sort of close the deal. It's uh, yet, yet you look at how many teams in any sport ultimately comes down to two teams at the end. Right. And a lot of times, you know, it's, uh, teams can be really excellent. They just don't have what it takes to, to win a championship it? and how many teams never get there at all, but yet they don't have a stigma against them. There's something about going and losing that sometimes if you go enough and you lose it up, there's a stigma attached to it, as opposed to teams that never go at all and they're not stigmatized. They just, you know, whatever they
0: are, it is there. You stole my words. I was going to say both the bills and the Vikings. Um, but when it comes to the Braves, the way I see it, literally, and I'm only slightly using this word the wrong way, literally, the entire country outside of Houston is rooting for the Braves. My question to you, does that added pressure, can, can that be a negative?
1: Um, could it be a negative?
0: Because the Astros are the heels, the Braves yeah, are the baby faces, that's but true. there's a lot of
1: pressure there. Uh, I I think the Astros relish the villain role. I mean, they're so used to it. Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons that you like them. I mean, I like them so much as their experience. It's that they've been through all this torture, you know, for the last couple of years between the the scandal and all this all the fallout from the scandal, and then they and they've handled it exceedingly well. They haven't been rattled by you know by the Yankees. The Yankees could rattle you. I mean, they certainly have the personnel to rattle you. And the, but they but they you know the Astros have stayed the course. I mean, when I saw Altuve. The first game back, the, the Astros came into the Yankee Stadium since the scandal. And he was just, the fans were just killing him. You know, F.L. Tuve and all kinds of crazy things. And, you know, that was, you know, it was really tough. for I'm sure you're him to hear all that, you know, because he certainly played a part in this thing, no doubt. But I don't know. I mean, there are other players as well. And yet he bears the Heat as one of the central figures. He does because of the buzzer thing. So everybody sort of says, oh, he's the guy. Well, whether he is or isn't, the reality is that he takes an enormous amount of heat for it. And there's a good word, heat, right? Takes a lot of heat for it. He does. He does. He takes tremendous heat for it. But, but, you know, he handles it really well. I mean, there's a guy who went out on his own. He left his teammates in the dugout, probably on purpose, was told to leave them. He told them to stay for a good 15, 20 seconds. Well, he went out there by himself to handle the abuse and to make a statement. And, uh, and he, then he, 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 he winds up hitting a home run to win the game. After all that, you said to yourself, you know what? He's a great player. Any player who could hold off the crowd like that, a philosophy that's really pervasive, and the pressure that comes with handling that philosophy um, and administering it, and yet he, did it, he, did it, he handled everything so flawlessly. Um, you got to tip your hat to him and, and realize he's a great player. And, uh, and he really is. He may be, they may have cheated, which is not right. You know, I feel about that that's why I call them the asterisks because that's what they are in Korea and a whole slew of others but you know what's not right you shouldn't play the game like that that's not the way the game is meant to be played you should and you should pay a terrible price when you would you would you uh, you know what the rules are and you, and you get you, you circumvent them and then make up your own rules as you go along you can't have that you have anarchy when you have that you have to have something in place that addresses it's a system. Players just can't decide what what rules they want to follow, what rules they don't want to follow. And whatever gives them an unfair advantage should not be, you know, is okay to apply it. No, it's not okay to apply it. And there should have been a much, much, the penalty should have been much more severe than they were. They weren't. That's that's now that's, you know, you can't go back and change history. That's the way it was. Okay. That is is what it is. But having said that, they have great players who know how to handle the situation. They're not afraid of the situation. They embrace it. I mean, for him to say, I don't mind half a phone call to to uh, to, to, uh, you know, to to anybody, so to, just to let them know that my head is in a place where you know I'm not I'm not going to be intimidated by this. I'm just not going to be intimidated. You, whatever you yell at me, scream at me, throw at me, it's not going to bother me. And I'm going to do what I need to do to help with my ball club win. You got to tip your hat to somebody who has that kind of attitude.
0: Look, let's get back to the fake news stories. That is age, because Braves manager Brian Snicker, he's 66. Oh. Uh, So this makes this the first time both managers in the world series are 65 or older. Again, I, from an age standpoint, that's a non-story, but in my mind, from a philosophical standpoint, I find it interesting because it's not uncommon that teams now are going the analytical route, which usually goes hand in hand with a younger manager. Like you saw Oliver Marmel who's 35 signed with the Cardinals. Does this world series given the age of the managers, open the door to potentially taking the foot off the pedal when it comes to analytics, easing up a little bit.
1: That's a tough question. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you it, the GMs and the managers are tied at the hip. Now they are uh, just, you could witness what just happened with the Yankees and Aaron Boone. I mean, this is, that was a Brian Cashman move. Um, they're tied at the hip. They just are. And the manager has to buy into the organizational philosophy and also the general manager philosophy, or else he can't he can't manage. He can't manage unless he buys in. So you know, and, and the ones that, that do buy in, or you know, they, they succeed. And the ones that don't buy in, well, then there there needs to be changes, and there need to be changes to the Yankee one because they couldn't get anybody to buy in. So there lies the connection, and there lies the issue. But uh, yeah, uh, it's an interesting question.
0: Quick sidebar, you know who's going to have a really awkward Thanksgiving this year? The Snickers. Because, of course, we know Brian Snicker is the manager of the Braves, but the co-hitting coach of the Astros is his son, Troy Snicker.
1: And they have that candy bar,
0: right? That would be Snicker. I put a T in there, Snicker.
1: Yes. Hello, nice lady. How are you? good. I'm good. I'm doing a podcast now. Yeah, go ahead. I'll I'll try and see you later. Yeah, okay. Sure, sure. Nice to see you again. Hope you locked the door. Thank you. The Mrs.
0: Podcasting in a pandemic when you don't, when you're displaced from your house and you're literally doing a podcast in public. That's yeah, well, uh,
1: but, it, but it's fun, you know. You just share your life with people; they share their life with you, and it does, it gives the show more texture, don't you think? A couple more layers, you know. It's just that you can get a podcast anywhere. Everybody can talk about the baseball, talk about a team, right? Whatever. But you don't get this kind of entertainment and this kind of, you know, uh, you know, like social relationship building kind of stuff. Where do you get that? Other than
0: uh, no, this is it. This is it. And if you do like it, you know what you should do is rate, review, and subscribe. That really is the best way that you can help us. Flip, you did not like my snicker Thanksgiving joke. That's okay. I didn't get um, it. I didn't really get it. That's okay. I shouldn't have to explain my jokes. Then they're never going to be good. No. Everybody listening. Presumably rooting for the Braves. Yes. So tell me what do the Braves need to do to win the World Series?
1: Not make mistakes. I mean Houston is going to apply a lot of pressure on them. I mean they they just are. They're going to on on offense Houston will take uh, try to take the extra base. They will do the little things that uh, that you don't expect. They will uh, they're uh, they're they will defense you in a way that uh, some other teams don't defense. They are they are really very shift intensive, extremely shift intensive. They have to figure out ways to beat the shift, and especially in, the, in a World Series where the pitching is relatively even, you know you got to look for ways to get score runs, more runs than obviously your, your your opponent scores. So I mean that's that's an op, that's a given, right? You got to score more runs, but but how do you do that? How do you do that against a lineup that's so circular and so powerful? Well, they're going to have to look for opportunities where they manufacture runs they you know, they go first to first to third they, they tag up more they uh, you know they uh, they still put runners in scoring position more often and and, and then have to try and steal which makes them probably a base closer and, and easier to score runs so they're going to have to put as much pressure as they possibly can on on, on the on the Astros the Braves are and they're not going to, they can't be intimidated by them they cannot be intimidated by them they, this is a much the Astros are a much better season much more experienced team and that's one of the reasons you have to like them is their experience. This is the biggest stage there is in baseball. And 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 the Braves are, you know, they, they were on it last year. They lost. It. They, they famously blew us st- to the Dodgers last year. And you know, and, and they showed a lot of moxie this year. They they weren't out of any series they were in. They were, they're a very good baseball team. They were last year as well. They're just better now. They've learned from their experiences. Hopefully that carries over for them. Because if it doesn't carry over, they're they they're, they're in to get, they can get they'll get wiped out pretty quickly here. Houston, I think you, they need to do
0: Yeah, I I think they need to do three things right in order to win. Unfortunately, I don't think they can do three things right. One of them, Eddie Rosario needs to continue to hit 500, which is incredibly unrealistic. You think? Uh, Yes. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Freddie Freeman needs to be Freddie Freeman, which Mm -hmm. is fine. That's the one thing I think can happen. The other thing is their pitching needs to be more than they are. I don't think they're capable of beating this Houston lineup. I don't think Freed and Morton are enough. Um, so one of those three things can happen, Freeman being
1: Freeman. And that's it. Well, that's probably, I mean, the way you broke that down, I would have to say that that was a very fair assessment, and I think you're right. Um, let's talk about Freddie Freeman for a minute. I don't have his numbers in front of me. but But this guy, he's won an MVP. He's been, like, top 10 finishes in his career, literally every year he's been there. So you talk about consistency as a player. There isn't a more consistent player on both sides of the ball than Freddie Freeman. I mean, he is the face of the Braves. He is the Braves. And that's the one, the one thing they have to hang their hat on to me. I mean, yes, they have some really good players on that team, you know, and they lost their big star. There's no doubt that losing a uh, uh, Acuna junior was a really big blow to them. Tremendously big blow. But but they found, and that's one of the reasons I think they struggled so 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 ridiculously in the first half was they didn't have him to be their linchpin, and 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 Freddie's is may not be the linchpin, but he's right there with with Acuna Jr. in terms of his value to that organization and to the Braves. So you at least had him, and he stepped up. He always steps up. He is truly one of the one we talk about underrated. Tell me who's more underrated than, than he is as a player in, in baseball. What star player is more underrated than Freddie Freeman? Tell me. If I could tell you. That, I can't. Okay, so which means that no one is more underrated than he is. Cedric Mullins, maybe. Of, of the of the Orioles. Orioles, right? yeah. Yeah, well, they're good. You, know, you were right about them. You them <laughs> <go>. <laughs> I
0: did that on purpose. You know Freddie Freeman is in the league 12 years? That's
1: crazy. Oh, yeah. He started, he was three. Did you know that? He's <laughs> one the oh. best in history.
0: I want to go back to Rosario real quick. Do you know Cleveland traded Rosario to the Braves for Pablo Sandoval? Yes. Let that sink in for a little bit. Holy cow. Holy cow.
1: Holy yeah. cow. Holy cow. Holy cow. Holy cow. cow. Prediction
0: time. Cow. <laughs> when you're done with your Phil Rizzuto, give me your prediction.
1: Uh, uh let's see world series prediction oh I, you know I mean i think i think the astros in five
0: i got astros in six producer matt stucco what's your prediction but you told me them earlier devsona the is the day off so flip you got the plan b right
2: now
1: and i'm going braves in seven wow Okay, that you know, I, it, a bold pick is always is always good when you because if you're, you're right, everybody says, like, Wow, did you nail that? Where did you give us some inside information? That's like amazing how you nailed that, you know. Or you can just say, like, you know, like, you know, what is it like, uh, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day, you know, <laughs> you're on that road too, I suppose. But oh, yeah, okay, no. I mean, listen, it's obviously very capable, the braves are a very capable, team, but I, I mean, I just don't. I don't see it. I just don't. I think I think they're going to be outplayed in every facet of the game. I do. I know that's equally bold to say that, but I really I believe that. I just believe the, the uh the Astros are much better.
2: This sounds like a Chipotle bet for me. We got to bring that back. So then yeah. whoever wins this bet, we got to go to Chipotle. All
0: right. We'll figure that out. I have Astros in six. Uh flip World Series MVP will be.
1: Uh Correa, or Grace, okay. probably. You know what? I love. I love Alex. Alex. Uh,
0: uh, oh yeah, you do. You're a big Bregman guy. I know I you are.
1: Bregman, man. I like him a lot. Um, I don't know. One, one of the two. I can't do two. You know what? Let's let's go. Let's go Bregman. I'm gonna go Bregman.
0: You'll go Bregman. I'll say Correa, and Stucco will say, Ozzy Albie's
1: great player. Right. Very good player. Excellent player. Forty
2: doubles, thirty homers this year.
1: Yes, Not bad. and really good defensive, and one of the best by best interviews in baseball. Very good. Did you ever interview him, Stucco?
2: I have interacted with him before. He's a very cool dude, and he actually the last time I saw him, he wore a shirt that was similar to Mariano Duncan's back when uh, he was on the Yankees, which is a uh, we play to win. So we play I love today, we win today. That's it. Yes. yes, yes, that was the Mariano Duncan one, and. Uh, Ozzy Albi said we, we we play to win and yeah I just love him and I think he's gonna take that same energy into the World Series and yeah bring home a bring home a World Series trophy and an MVP title mark my
0: words mark my words your words are marked we'll talk about that obviously in a week or so speaking of MVPs flip here's a layup the only player to be named World Series MVP from a losing team
1: the only player to be named World Series, uh, Bobby Richardson.
0: There you go. 1960.
1: 1960. Yeah. He was great. He had incredible series. Great. The Yankees, Yankees. Mickey Mantle has gone on record as saying his biggest letdown, biggest regret in the game, the biggest... Uh, Upset in his career was the the fact that the Yankees lost to the Pirates in 1960. When I mean the Yankees outscored them by like 35 runs in the seven games or something like that—a ridiculous margin of so lopsided. The run differential was incredibly lopsided. The Yankees would win games like a 11 nothing, 10 two, and the and the Pirates would win four three, five four, you know, whatever. Except for the last game, which was 10 nine, the Ralph Terry, uh, Bill Mazeroski game. It, it was actually it, I was I remember crying when I was I was a little kid. And I remember like crying because I was I took it so hard.
0: I think Mickey Mantle also said he cried. That was the only time he cried on the plane ride home. He said, mm,
1: "That could be was yeah, it could be." I'm um, sure, but it was a big letdown for the Yankees.
0: That was a fun note. I, I'm glad we did that. I knew that one. You would get that one, being the historian that you are. Let's spin around the Yankees for a little bit before we go. Yankees announced that Aaron Boone is back on a three-year deal. Um, that was the announcement we were all expecting, right?
1: I mean, I, I expect him to come back. I didn't, I didn't know that they would, the deal would be, you know, three years with an option for four. I mean, I, that I didn't know. I mean, I, I, but I did expect that he would come back because, uh, look, the Yankees were 22 games over 500. Now you could say they lost some games that they should have won. You, you could, you could cripple with some of the decisions that got made and you would be probably right uh, on, on a lot of those fronts. But the reality is that, this, you know, Brian Cashman is the general manager. Say what Brian Cashman calls, is calling the baseball side of this. He's calling the shots. And, you know, and, and, and you know, which means, I mean, you had to read between the, the tea leaves here. We've got to read tea leaves a little bit, which means that Brian Cashman's coming back because that, that deal could not be made for Boone for a couple of years without, you know, with with Brian finishing his contract and leaving. So that the means that Cashman's coming back. So, you know, and they'll be together again. And then, and and, and, and Big things are expected of them. I mean, the Yankees put significant money in this in these team, in these teams, or this particular team. And they've got more money to spend because they're gonna have to sign judge. You know, that's that's without without that's a given now. And um, you know, so you start looking at that. You know, I guess they want the continuity, you know, going forward. And there was a lot of interest in Aaron Boone from other ball clubs for to to manage. So people in baseball recognized Aaron Boone actually did a very good job. He took a lot of heat for things. Sometimes it was deserved. Sometimes it wasn't deserved at all. It was someone else's call, and uh, they had to sort of weather the the, the badness sort of a deal. But but uh, but at the end of the day, you know, he he persevered because he, you know, there was a system that that, that he was part of. And then he follows the Yankee system. I mean, he is very much hand in glove with Brian. They have to be to to for this to have happened. And for there being for there be no ramifications for the Yankees not making or being bounced after one game in the postseason. There has to be ramifications for that usually. There wasn't in this case. I mean, the, the one of the people who engineered it was given a new contract for a couple more years. So that tells you that there's a commitment on the Yankee side of this thing to Boone. And Boone has a commitment to the Yankees, and that's why that happened.
0: You were speaking, I wrote down one quote that you just said, Boone, quote, did a very good job, end quote. And I completely agree. Boone did a very good job. He played the people he was supposed to play when he was supposed to play them. As Hal said early in the season, these players have to take part of the responsibility too. This one wasn't
1: on Boone, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. It wasn't totally on him. Partially on him. I mean, it has to be. He's the manager. You know, I, I he, he has to bear some responsibility when the ultimate goal is to win a championship and you don't do it. So, I mean, everybody's accountable. You can't just blame this, uh, not, not winning the, the, on, on Aaron Boone. You know, it's a, it's, it's a systemic, it's organization wide. It's, it goes to every facet of what we do. And again, this is not to say the same. Yankees are not successful. They're an enormously successful organization, enormously successful. I mean, look at the pedigree. Look at where they are every year. But the, but the metric here is to win championships. Yankees need to win a championship, and they need to win one soon. So that's that's the goal. If they don't do that, then they'll look upon, upon the last couple of years, and they'll say, well, we failed. Because ultimately, it's about winning championships. That's all that matters here. So it mattered to George Steinbrenner that much. It, it matters to the, the Steinbrenner family that much. You got to win a championship. But 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 you have to have the wherewithal to be able to weather storms. And the Yankees are trying very hard to weather all these storms that they're right in front of them that they're seeing now.
0: Well, it will be an interesting offseason. It's only October still. So we have plenty to talk about. Um in the meantime, Flip, how about we land this thing?
1: Yes. In the words of the great Ashley Fugazi, it's time to land the plane. So it's time to land that plane. Rate, review, subscribe. We'll see you uh, in short order. We, we will follow this up. We'll start having some, some interesting guests, hopefully again. We've been uh, uh, we've been trying to uh, do this uh, without some guests. And I don't know why, but we, we just, you know, just the schedule worked out the way it did. But we, we will have some interesting guests in the future. And uh, thank you for great review, subscribing, supporting us in every which way. And we will see you sooner rather than later. So take care. Thanks again.